Welcome to Slaking Thirst, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. I need to help us enter into the feast day today. So in order to celebrate and experience the power of the assumption of Mary, and if you're live streaming and you see me gesturing over here, it's where the Mary statue is, just in case it's not on camera. We need to know a few things, so I need to teach a little bit. It's like when you go to a concert. If you don't know the lyrics, you just kind of feel like you're on the outside of something neat that's going on. But if you know the songs of the band, you can really enter into the joy and the power of the concert. Similarly, we need to know a few things to enter into the power and joy of this feast day. So let's begin. God created us as human beings. Men and women, we have a human body. And he created us in such a way that we are in between two other creatures. On one hand, there are animals. They have bodies, and they move around, they eat, they drink, they sleep, they make more animals, okay? They have all of these components that we share with them. But different than them is we are persons. So we have intellect. We can think and can kind of brainstorm and imagine the future. We can reflect on regrets and repent. We have an intellect. We can choose things. We have free will. You put four steaks in front of a dog, they'll eat all four and throw up. We have an ability to say, I'm going to eat one now and put the other in the freezer for later because we can think through things. We have an intellect. Also, we have a rich inner world by which we can talk about our destiny, our identity. No dog is seeing a therapist, right? Because the inner world that we have is a person. So that's how we're different than animals. We're like them in that we have a body, but we're different in them that our body makes manifest our lives. So when I smile, oh, Father Ryan's happy. When I scowl, Father Ryan's upset. My body expresses me. So we are not animals, but we're also not angels. Angels have an intellect to know things. They have a free will but they don't have a body, right? They're pure spirits. And so to be human is kind of weird. We're in between these bodies and spirits. Some people call us a spiritualized body or an enfleshed spirit. But this is very important because in a religion like Christianity, we don't actually get spiritual. We don't have, we call them spiritualities, but we really say that with a lot of caveats. Because we believe God made us man and woman. He was born of the Blessed Virgin Mary, so he heaven entered earth in the womb of a woman. We believe that the word becoming flesh is what saves us. And he saves us by shedding his blood and then resurrecting in a body and then ascending with the body to show us that the body is not a shell but a part of the very definition of what it means to be human. And so God is always meeting us in our bodies as men and women, even though at times we want to escape them and to our own detriment. Okay, 
So with that in the background, let's see if we can't get into some things. Our culture's experience of the body is rather schizophrenic. On one sense, we worship the body. Think of the amount of money and time and energy on working out, diets, and extreme versions of plastic surgeries. All of it is an attempt to keep a glorified body alive of some photoshopped version that the culture presses us with, that this is what makes us good and beautiful. And of course, there's something right. There is a notion of a beautiful body. I think we'd be naive if we didn't know what those looked like. But it's wrong to worship the body as if our meaning and fulfillment is going to be coming in clinging to our bodies at, I don't know, someone in their 20s perfectly fit. That's not reality. And so we tend to worship the body. And like anything we worship, when it doesn't give us what we want, we get the schizophrenic other side. We despise the body. Over here, think of all the sexual reassignment surgeries. Think here of the extreme amounts of tattoos and piercings and deformities. Or think about at a funeral when people say, oh, they finally got to escape that body and now they get to be with the angels. Well, I think we can all understand the sentiment even if the content is inaccurate. And so our, our culture has this weird notion of the body. And in the midst of such schizophrenia, today's feast day of Mary's Assumption proclaims the ultimate truth of the human body. That our bodies are destined to share in the eternal ecstasy and glory of the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Jesus ascends in his masculine body, Mary is assumed in her feminine body, and now both are participating in the endless love and joy and ecstasy of divine life in and through their bodies. And so in light of this, we begin to understand the truth of our own bodies. And what do we do realize? Well, Jesus took on a body to grant us the redemption of our bodies. That's what St. Paul says in the book of the Ephesians, that he grants us the redemption of our bodies. And he does this by offering us his body and blood in the Eucharist. And as we share in the feast of that grace coming to us in bodily ways, we too can grow in the redemption of our own bodies and so live with hope in the resurrection of our bodies to one day join with the body of Jesus and Mary in the Trinity. This is the only Christianity there is. All the spiritualisms that we have, might have heard or fallen into are not authentic. They are not from the scriptures. They have not been revealed by God. Our bodies matter that much. This is why Mary is the hope of all of humanity. It's what Pope John Paul II called her. Her life reveals to us our humanity. She stayed little. That is to say, she stayed under God's will. She trusted the Father, and because of that, she experiences immense glory. Where? In and through her body. So why is this so hard for us? Well, when Pope St. John Paul II came to America, 
He called it, he said, America is a culture of death. Isn't that nice? Isn't that nice for him to say? <laughs> We're saying, you're right, it's not nice. But he said it. And he called it the culture of death. What did he mean? Well, sometimes people in the church have reduced this to extreme versions of moralism, meaning, well, abortion, euthanasia, and of course, those are part of it, right? That's just a clump of cells. It's a physical thing, not a person, separating body and person. Oh, that's not grandma anymore. That's just an old body that's the shell of who grandma used to be, separating body and person. What is death? It's the separation of a body and a person. So a culture of death is any way of thinking or acting as if a person is something other than their body. This became very clear in 1953. What happened in 1953? Well, those of you who were alive know I wasn't alive, but I have studied, okay? So, in 1950, God, through the Pope, declared Mary's assumption. said that's a definitive teaching of the Catholic Church. That is to say, the human body is male and female, has a dignity, and we can share in the life of God forever. 1953, Hugh Hefner began Playboy. Why does this matter? Because in our first reading today, we saw that the enemy is always against woman. The enemy of our human nature hates woman. Why? Because, as John Paul II said, the woman's body reveals the meaning and destiny of humanity. What happens on Playboy and since then, the internet and smartphones? A person is separated from their body. No one is thinking when they look at that screen, oh, this is Sarah, whose dad was abusive and abandoned her. Or this is Erica, who's addicted to drugs and trying to make a living. Or this is Courtney, who's been kidnapped and put on display. No, they're just wrapped up in the pixels that are displaying a body apart from a person. And so the feast day of the Assumption gets attacked in our culture by Playboy in the subsequent years. So what is with a woman's body? Why is it so amazing that the enemy hates it? Because a woman's body speaks of the destiny of all humanity. Gentlemen, we don't have to get weird, don't worry. But it's poetic meaning that God is inscripted in a woman's body. A woman receives the gift of the other, conceives life, and bears it forth. Jesus instituted the pattern of redemption by saying, this is my body given up for you on the altar. And all of humanity is invited to be open to the gift of his death and resurrection through the Eucharist, to receive this, conceive divine life, and bear that forth in the world. Those who do will experience the redemption of their masculinity and femininity and live in this world with the hope of sharing body and soul in the ecstasy of Trinity in the next. This is the Christian claim. There is no other. This is the Bible. Everything else is other people's pains, wounds, and fear being tossed on us or our own. And we all got them. Just because I get to wear the fancy clothes doesn't mean I'm not human. We all got our pains, wounds, struggles, and fears when it comes to the body. But the Word made flesh 
And this Middle Eastern woman reveals to us that God's power and plan is possible, real, and we do not have to escape. Listen to Pope John Paul II's words again. The debasement of modern society in regards to the female body can be countered by the mystery of the assumption which proclaims the supernatural destiny and dignity of every human body. And he continues, by looking at Mary, the Christian learns to value their own body. So I've said this litany a few times. I'm going to say it again. And by the way, this is being recorded on live stream. If you want to watch it, sometimes denser homilies, you need to process it. Also, all of my homilies are always on the Basil the Great podcast. So if you need to ever listen to them again, there you go. But just know, in person, you get gestures you don't get there. Okay, good. <laughs> because I have a body, right? See it? It's back. Okay. So... God created the human body, man and woman. So you are not just nobody. You're not anybody. And each one of us is not every body. You and I are somebody. Unique, irreplaceable, and unrepeatable. And when our body is joined to the body of Christ in the Eucharist, his body grants to our body the redemption of the body so that we dying to sin and lies and pain can join in the resurrection of the body and live on this earth with the hope of joining Jesus and Mary's body forever in the eternal exchange of the Trinity. Christianity is not a soul religion where we just kind of escape to kind of be with God somewhere. No, it is in the flesh that we feel Christianity. And those who are willing to descend into the body, that is to say with illness, with suffering, with pain, with all the hunger and thirst, with all the hair that's leaving us, or some of you it's already gone, for all the hair that's deceit, all the grays, all the withering of our body, that is a humiliating component. But as we join in the suffering of the body of Christ, so too will we experience in the glorification of the body of Christ, so that he and she who dies with him will also rise with him, not as an angel, but as a glorified man and woman. And this has been our Father's plan from the beginning. And today in the Assumption of Mary, we get to see it's not naive. It's been granted to one from our race already so that we know it's possible and we ask her for help. And so together we pray, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen.